They're spooky. They're bitches. They're the spooky bitches of Lubbock. And they're coming to YouTube September 2019. Follow the Spooky Six as they navigate the alternative art scene in Lubbock, Texas. If you love Halloween, art, Lubbock, and the things that go bump in the night, follow the Spooky Six on Facebook and Instagram. They're not basic bitches. They're spooky bitches. gentlemen welcome back to hey kids comics uh i am andrew farmer with me as always the jedi cole houston good evening everybody hey everybody um so it feels like we haven't recorded in a while sorry this one's coming out late a lot of hell broke loose personally over the last week uh for both of us just normal life crap that needs to be handled um so until you guys start paying us to do this that's this right the way it works um we're beholden to no one but ourselves. <laughs> That's right. This uh, this issue of, of Hey Kids Comics begins a, a story arc of Cole Houston's devising. So, Cole, what are we doing here? We are going to enter into an arc that I've titled Hit the Streets. Yeah. And conceptually, I really wanted to talk about, uh, Andy, you often use the term street-level hero. Yes, I do. Yes, I uh, especially when you're singing, I need a street level hero. That's right. That I do. I, I sing a Tina Turner song with an extra syllable in it all the time. <laughs> right. Street level hero the holding on for the end of the night. It's really hard. It's good. It's like Eminem. It's like me I rapping like it. to Eminem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, you probably shouldn't do. That's uh... You have to add an, an extra syllable to every line at that point. Or it just doesn't <laughs> make sense. The meter doesn't work. The bars, I think, are what the kids call it. The bars. I'm done with my bit now, so you can All right, continue. okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> this is Hit the Streets, where we're going to talk about the street-level heroes. And this was a, a five-issue arc to start out with, but one of the issues really not only bordered on redundancy from a prior issue from about a year or two ago, but it also really just kind of, brazenly put its foot across the border and uh yeah it uh, was just it i didn't i wasn't happy with it and well, as we started done it. Work, yeah we've pretty much effectively done it maybe not from the same angle but so in discussing other aspects of this arc there was a replacement that inadvertently happened there's a wonderful happy accident and that is that we really needed to define exactly what is a street-level hero. Yeah, we did. And um, and I think we'll strive to do that tonight. Um, but there is one thing I want to say at the top, and, and we've made it... How long have we been doing this show? Ugh. Eight <laughs> years? Nine years? Something like that? Ten years? I don't know. I believe it's at least eight. We uh, need, like, an actual, you know... Yeah, we need someone to uh, tell us how long we've been around here. Yeah, can somebody go find our first post? And and I, I say by that by way of saying this, we have striven, striven is a word I just invented. Um, Not the first time. We've, we strive to keep this show apolitical. We don't want to talk about politics. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about comic books. Um, that being said, and, with the, and, and this is not going to be maudlin or saccharin or anything like that cole lives in the great state of texas andy lives in what i call little texas otherwise known as ohio <laughs> we are recording this um directly after two massive uh shootings in both of our states in reasonable proximity to us um not it, saying it that has really been yeah insane that you know with within 24 circumstances hours. yeah that circumstances would dictate this 
kind of coincidence. Well, and I was in, well, like I say, in anything that way. starts in, in the worst way, everything that starts in Texas ends up in Ohio, and this is no different. Um, I say that by way of, of this, is I was really waffling about doing these issues and calling you and saying we should probably reschedule them just because it's a little close to home. And yes. then, And then I started thinking that the first issue where we define not only the you know not not only do we define what is what we feel like a street level hero is because god forbid we actually fall back on any kind of history <laughs> we we don't define it ourselves um but not only do we define that but we talk about why they've why they've been popular and why are we attracted to the street level hero and why have we been since the dawn of comic books is there's no better time well i think you know it. you you can't talk about the subject without the you know addressing the the painfully obvious hiding in plain sight reality that the yellow kid was a street level hero yeah yeah a lot of people don't realize not actively chronicled in the book but apparently the backstory was that he would fight crime right because nobody expected a jug-eared bald-headed kid in a dressing gown to be any kind of threat well yeah there's if you look, if you yes, if you look at um, <laughs> digest a moment, I, I, I decompress that. If you look at like you know everything back from and they'll, a lot of people will say Batman and and believe me, you're gonna get plenty of Batman. Um, oh yes. as you always do on this show, when in doubt, you know they they say they they say uh, uh, you know what what's the old saying about teachers that is completely and abashedly untrue those who cannot yes. do teach those who cannot podcast about comic books just fall directly back on batman you're going to get well, plenty that's the God's honest truth. of batman but you know, if it's not batman it's watchmen around these parts God, right i'll start talking about grant morrison and um but if you if you really look at you know all of our kind of serialized heroes with the exception of a Superman, you know, you really have to, you really look at the spirit and the Green Hornet and your Dick Tracy's, which we talked about last time. All of these, they're all street level heroes. Or the Shadow. Been, you know, the, the shadow, shadow never took a sabbatical into another galaxy. He just, he never punched pretty much God. Yeah. You know, even though he did have godlike powers, apparently, which I think just developed over time. And, you know, even with Dick Tracy's colorful cast of his colorful rogues gallery, if you will, you you never really had. Um, I'm an idiot, by it, the way. Yeah. You never had a situation. I just got martha in my oh. own brain in about the biggest way possible. When who ca- chicken or egg me for Dick Tracy? Who came first? Batman or Dick Tracy? Like uh, uh, as a as a character. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Dick Tracy was created in... 1931. Okay. I was going to say 1990, but it turned out that was the movie. <laughs> right. That was that was the Madonna-driven Warren Beatty uh, vehicle. Yeah. The uh, unabashed attempt to make yellow fedoras sexy. So Dick Tracy came before Batman. Yeah. Dick Tracy has his rogues gallery, which we laid out in uh, in um, painful, painful oh, repose. Yeah, last on our last show when we talked about. Well, the in fact, Dick Tracy actually had a nemesis named Half and Half. Yes, yeah. Who was potentially the precursor to Two Face? So, I don't know which came first, the half and half or the two face. So a lot, I think a lot of the. But Dick Tracy never walked up and like punched a, you know, he never had a gangster called Godhead, who was actually like a, you know, a god from another dimension, like Thor or something. Right. This never happened. He, he may have fought Little Face, that guy with the unnaturally small. Oh, Haley Joel Osment. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Where he, uh, the rest I, of him grew up, and the only thing that didn't was his face, is the same yeah. size as it was in six. Well, yeah, that's why he had to grow the beard, just so it would kind of flesh things out a bit. It's like topiary. It is. It is. You can sculpt your human face with <laughs> a right. beard. Um, but yeah, what is our obsession with these heroes? Why? Why do we find uh, excitement and solace in the idea of a? Um, a street level hero and and as you, what are the what are all of our various um 
multiversal, uh, dimensional points for this. Oh, absolutely. And I think part of that appeal, and I think that's a very important jumping off point, why the street level hero? And I think it's sort of like the hero that's one of us, you know. It harkens back to a time when, uh, you know, unless you were just some sort of gangster, ne'er-do-well, bon vivant, or uh, arch-criminal, you had a certain degree of respect for what the bad guys called the coppers. Right, right. You actually cheesed it when there were coppers. Yeah, or you were, were pleased that they were around so that no one would, you know, the gangs of hooligans that roamed the streets of major metro- metropolitan areas in those days weren't, you know, turning over apple carts or um, throwing baseballs through windows uh, because, you know, Sergeant O'Leary was working the beat, saving his pennies for Sunday. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Why? Why? Why has it been for the last year that every couple episodes we're going to talk about Billy Joel? I I don't know. It's just sort of like the uh, – and we've had two Joels already, Billy Joel and Haley Joel Osmond. Right. Osmond. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. At some point, organically, we will talk about the song Captain Jack. I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going <laughs> it to happen. happen. It's going well, to happen. It's, it's, we've now had the inception there. Yeah, I put it into the world, so it's going to happen. But, no, there's – if you look at, we just talked about the years at which I'm going to state, you know, because I'm the authority, that the street-level hero was born and came into popularity. We're talking about, you know, let's call it, let's call it the 30s and into the 40s. Yeah, but this really- is a period, in all fairness, where the original super cop, which would later, Elliot you know, Ness. star uh, Hong Kong superstar. Jackie Chan <laughs> you mean Jackie was, Chan was born. I'd believe it if you told me. Yeah, that. but th- this was a period where the original Super Cop was a radio show, right? And they had to describe these amazing flying kicks, and then they had to wait years for Jackie Chan to be born and train <laughs> intensely, uh, intensely to uh, take on the role. Well, I mean, you had legitimate, quote unquote, Super Cops, and uh, you you had you know this is a period of time where Elliot Ness was front page keep in mind newspapers you oh had, yeah cops cops and robbers were a legitimate thing you know your your cops were idolized your robbers were idolized you know your capones and your babyface nelsons and you know these were people that were front page news salacious you know that that's what sold so you know you had your cops running them down but that being said it also was i'm not going to say it was a quote-unquote lawless time but it was a lawless time yeah, you know, we think you know it was a white line nightmare. Oh wait, sorry, that's the road warrior. That was a, it's a white line nightmare. I, <laughs> I, 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 that's a different thing entirely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had, you know, not only did you have organized crime in a in a, in a major way, in a major way. If you lived, in, you know, anywhere that was a, that was a seaport, essentially. Um, I've seen the, I've seen those documentaries. The Untouchables and uh, uh, what was <laughs> Mobsters with Richard Grieco? Was that? Oh the yeah, yeah. Um, but you, as Joe Average, really didn't have any authority or ability to to do anything about it. You were you were fairly powerless, and I and I think to this day we feel fairly powerless at whatever crime that we see that's that's out in the world. And if you're if you're a Right, I I don't want to say right-minded because that brings to my mind something else. But if you are, if you are compassionate about your community and you're compassionate about you know your the area that you live in and the people that are there and you care, you don't want that crime there. And there have been plenty of times where you thought to yourself, man, you know, even if it's a knee-jerk subconscious reaction, I I if only I could do something about this. All of a sudden. You've got a guy in a giant bat suit that's doing something about it. You got Dick Tracy with a walkie-talkie built onto his wrist, which to this day people think is you know like like not a big deal. You know when when kids think about Dick Tracy or when when you know even when like people in their oh, 20s yeah. or, or, or 30s think about Dick Tracy, not a big deal. I'm old enough to remember that being a big deal when you know even in the, like you said the 1990 movie. 
It was a it was a really it's, cool was, concept. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. If only, and I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when the white pages one year the Southwestern Bell white pages had this art. It was a sequence of like Alexander Graham Bell talking to somebody on the next stage telephone, who would then was you know is sort of like a Norman Rockwell type style. Yeah. And then that that character was turned talking on their old timey phone to the next stage of phone in sequence to the point where they had like somebody on a contemporary, you know, late seventies, early eighties phone talking to a, apparently a little baby on a uh, view screen. And that was like, Oh, that's so futuristic. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh. oh, we don't even think twice about it. No, now we buy them off from Facebook and put them in our house. That's like, right. like, so, what I'm getting at is I think that that's always been something that, you know, it's that it's that escapism, but it's also that sense of desired justice that we don't get when we when I think about fighting crime. And if I was a crime fighter, I never consider myself a, you know a Superman. That's too far beyond the pale. A Thor too far beyond the pale that's a great story it's a great moralistic what it means to be human we've talked about it i don't particularly care for superman so i'm not going to get into it but we think about ourselves as batman as nightwing as even spider-man you know there was well these are the characters that could be you yes exactly and that's why in many ways they're more approachable than your supermans and your thors and your wonder womans because you know, you're never going to happen to be born on Themyscira and uh, be afforded the power of the gods. It just ain't going to happen. Right. But, you know, you can have enough and get out on the street. Well, what's what's really funny is... It's like the Clint Eastwood before Clint Eastwood was born. If you Right. If you look at Batman... Right. Even if you look at Spider-Man, you're never probably never going to get bitten by a radioactive spider, get spider powers, right? But that doesn't stop yeah. people from from fantasizing about being Spider-Man. If you look at, let's say, a Moon Knight, which I do, you know, uh, you're never <laughs> incessantly, going, incessantly. Matter of fact, I got two Blakey original Moon Knights uh, right in front of me right now. Um, if you look at you know the character of Moon Knight, you're you can you can fantasize all you want about being Moon Knight. Chances are you're never going to be a uh, mercenary in Egypt and uh, and get trapped in in the uh, in the in the tomb of of the Egyptian god of vengeance. Probably not going to happen. Batman. The only thing that separates us from Batman is a billion dollars, according to oh, Batman. Yeah. You know, why is Batman so popular? Why has Batman been the most popular character, you know, for X number of years? Why is Batman, you know, what is it, 70 years of Batman? Why has Batman been, you know, I can tell you why. Because the only thing that separates me from Batman is about a billion dollars, according to Batman. According to Spider-Man, the only thing that separates me from him is a bite from a radioactive spider. Good luck. You know. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, you know, I... I have to continue to fall back on, I think it was in E-Man from first comics, if I'm not mistaken, back in the day. And there was a scene where he turned himself into a Geiger counter dog so that he could okay. could follow a radioactive trail. And he was remarking on how much radiation there was all over the place. Right. And his pal there is saying, uh, hey, he said, there's even a radioactive spider. And his friend's like, yeah, you think if it bit you, you'd get superpowers? He goes, no, you'd get, uh, or he asked his friend, you know, you think you get, if it bit you, you'd get superpowers? He said, no, you'd get radiation poisoning, then you'd get dead. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, right? I'm just, I'm just putting this into the world that that's part of the reason I honestly believe that we are so attracted to Batman. Iron Man's even different. We could say the same thing about Iron Man, but Iron Man has what what I'm uh, so far-fetched future tech that it's never going to happen. Batman yeah. has a rope, a grappling hook, regardless of however he uses it, and some boomerangs that he made. Exactly. Which is a weird choice, but okay. You know, when you really think about him having boomerangs... <laughs> <laughs> Weird choice. Weird choice. Uh, 
So that's that's I think the appeal of a oh, absolutely. Again, it comes down to okay from the little standpoint of the street level hero, Stan Lee in creating Spider Man understood the genuine appeal of these types of characters was that feeling of you know that could be me but for billions or an impossible radiation accident or any number of other uh, factors but it, it they were approachable from the human average or you know like above average human standpoint you could aspire to be and stanley takes it a step further by aiming with laser precision at his audience which was young boys sure and that's where he takes it a step beyond just Batman's. Like, here's a kid who's got, he can't afford to buy a car. I mean, you know. Right. He, the only way he's going to get enough money to make that freaking suit is to use his newly augmented body in the most fraudulent way and then, uh, you know, go out and make money when he should have been helping his uncle not get croaked. Right. He's going. He's going to use it as all boys would become a professional wrestler. That's right. <laughs> a, a that's, your, of, that's your first go-to, you know. A lot of people tend to forget that Spider-Man's first foray into uh, it, just anything was professional wrestling. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Where His first the, appearance in New York City was as a wrestler. Was as a wrestler. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, the street-level hero super appeals to me as and it always has more more so than than any character um with the exception of green lantern which was just a weird sci-fi trip that i was super into because that's cool <laughs> as hell like but there's i i i'm it's it's you know we have an argument cole and i we tried to record this episode last week full disclosure but the hotel uh didn't allow it where i was being sequestered so we're back and one thing that we one thing that we talked about was when when defining what a street level hero is uh we have a it's rare on this show that cole and i have any kind of disagreement <laughs> um, we tend to be pretty well uh, locked in on what the other one is thinking. Um, but there's a bit of a disagreement uh, between he and I for the use of the, the street level hero and the use of superpowers. Um, you know, Cole, I feel like if you're a if you're a god puncher, maybe you don't get that. Maybe you don't get to be a street level hero. But Cole makes a really valid point, which is what Cole. Well, I feel that, uh, among other things, sometimes the street-level hero winds up in the circumstances of being a god-puncher, especially with Batman. (laughs) Right. You know, Batman could have remained on the streets, but he gets invited to join the Justice League, or he's part of the Justice League. Same thing with Spider-Man. Spider-Man held out a lot longer before somebody came along and decided he had to be an Avenger or a member of the Fantastic Four. Well, he tried to be in a Fantastic Four, and they kicked him That's out. That's true, yeah, because they really had to teach him about, you know, it was like in The, the Dark Knight. Where'd you learn to count? Right, that's what I was going to say. They had to teach him the meaning. Like, he's supposed to be this genius kid, and he doesn't yeah. know the meaning of the word four. Doesn't have a lick of common sense. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, eventually he does become part of that weird-ass Fantastic Four. Yeah, a couple times, actually. Yeah, and then, or not Fantastic, yeah, Fantastic Four, and then, of course, he later is part of the Avengers, and which, you know, that got fast-tracked. It's like having Wolverine in your first X-Men movie. you got to fast-track the sexy stuff. That's right. That's what the kids want, dub dub But, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Give me those 80 episodes of Rick and Morty. That's right. I'm Comic Rick! So... <laughs> I feel that, you know, sometimes there's a circumstantial element. Uh, it's also uh, a difficult dichotomy. There's a razor's edge between the street-level hero, like, say, Wildcat from the JSA. Right. Who's just a boxer to the point where, he, like, they pull off the gloves after a fight. He gets in the cab with Esmeralda Villalobos, and then goes over and starts beating up criminals. 
but he doesn't take all the tape off first. He just switches over into his kitty cat costume and away he goes. And, you know, that kind of guy, pretty much, he's just a really tough-as-nails kind of guy. Yeah, he, he... He, he's also really, really well trained because he ends up training like half of all of the JSA and half of the JLA on how to just like Hoyle rules, Doyle rules, yeah, fisticuffs. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, that's the kind of character who's never going to be uh, joining the cross galactic quest to go beat up Darkseid. But what's, what's odd because is you can't. Has... I mean, like, oh, is he? Well, he, I like, mean, sucker punched him or, like, get him a shot in the pills or something? Well, I don't think that he ever... Like, in a lot of these, with the exception of Batman and Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man arguably is stronger than a lot of the Avengers, um, a lot of these street-level heroes that end up in these situations, you know, these big crisis-style situations, these events, you know, um, they don't end up being the guys who punch the gods, they end up being the guys who help people, which yeah. I always thought was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's an interesting point, because during the crisis on Infinite Earth, that exact dynamic was played, where, you know, folks like Robin or uh, Wildcat were, you know, helping r- wrangle the civilians and pull people out of the, the Great White Effect, or whatever uh, they this, the white event? Are we are we going to the new universe? Can we go to the new universe? Oh, I, I was uh, invoking uh, the skin of our teeth. Oh, <laughs> for for those of with a, a an interest in the dramatic, but the stage play that yeah, uh, yeah. was uh, at the time that Crisis was not too many years behind us was pointed out to me seems strangely like Crisis in ways. But the, yeah, that's the that's what they end up doing. Whether it's in you know, in an Avengers setting, or in a in a um, a crisis setting, you have your Huntresses, you have your Robins, you have your Wildcats, you have your your, your Hawkeyes who will pop off a few arrows, but then end up dragging people out of the you know out of the flood, you know, getting people out of cars and and whatever. That's what they do. They don't. They don't punch a celestial in the dick. Well, they're not actively seeking those types of confrontations because they have a tremendous sense of their own mortality. And I think ultimately mm, that is where your street level hero gets <laughs> their street level cred. Is you know they've got that little guy from History of the World Part One walking by. Remember thou art mortal. Remember thou art mortal. Remember thou art mortal. Blow it out your ass. <sighs> <laughs> no, that is really, really, that is a really good point. That is a really, I think that that is a, if we're defining, if we're putting pins in a, in a corkboard and, and drawing red yarn from pen to pen, I think that is, because also the, the story of, of the street-level hero, almost to a street-level hero, is being confronted at a very early age with their own mortality. And and whether that's through a God God forbid it's DC a parent yeah. dying, or <laughs> you know, and Marvel for that matter, or you know, having to decide that they need to do something because of their their surroundings and where they are, a la cloak and dagger, um, uh, you're confronted with that at a very early age, and it informs your decision to whether you're eight, eight years old and you go on a quest to become the perfect rich human or, <laughs> you know, or you find yourself with these weird, uh, depending on what version of the Marvel universe it is, mutant abilities or science given abilities and become cloak and dagger because, you know, you have to, you're, you're, those decisions are not informed to become an Avenger right away. You're not Tony Stark. You're not, exactly. you're not in it for that. You're in it. Even, you know, with Cloak, there's a certain degree of being untouchable. And ideally, unless somebody figures out some kind of weird super science or has a happy accident, you're largely unkillable. But you're also shackled, as it were, to your partner who isn't. So 
you have to be mindful when the guns are blazing to like you know get in her way and teleport those bullets right back where they came from right but you're not able to just go out the two of you and run headlong into the army of of bad guys like there's no tomorrow right no i yes i i agree so i think that those are two really really good points about you know because inevitably it's like when you're talking about this it's you know oh my either my family was was murdered and i became this thing or it's you know uh, my neighborhood is in you know a luke cage style my neighborhood is in peril and yes. i need to and, and i need to it is it was never like oh i was a god that came to earth to uh you know to protect the mortal realm i decided to fight crime and bust up this heroin ring on this corner um or you know my country that i'm the leader of uh you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's never something like i'm the master of the occult uh there's a shoplifting ring at this target yeah at that point in, unless it's like the bo- bodega just right next door to your sanctum sanctorum right you're not sitting there with, with an ear glued to the police scanner right Right, no matter how celestial your police scanner is. Yeah, that's right. You've got bigger fish to fry. It's an interdimensional police scanner, Morty. It's You've been watching a lot of Rick and I've Morty I've been watching recently. a lot. I'm getting ready for the new season. But, you know, you have these guys that, were, that are probably level-specific to a lot of street-level crime fighters that that isn't their bag. You know, yes. I would, you know, you've got guys like Iron Fist. Iron Fist can hold his own, you know, in a real big bad fight. But yeah. he's going to spend more time, you know, fighting fighting in Hell's Kitchen than he is, you know, fighting uh, Ultron. Same same uh, with Daredevil. Yeah, precisely. They're in their case, they become the street level hero. Even though, uh, especially in Iron Fist's case, they could certainly go after the big guns if they wanted to. They are the street level hero because that's where their heart is. That's home, and that's where the real threats are happening. And in a way, they are giving Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, Spider Man, and others uh, like oh, what's his name, Guardian from DC, oh, yeah, are yeah, out yeah. there. You know, having an impact on street level crime. They become a deterrent. Yes, when they could just as easily be like everybody else and be up on the satellite and uh, you know call us when something big happens and I think that that's really uh, one of the the aspects of the street level hero that we're going to be talking about is, is that kind of the roots uh, where you you know you set down the tap roots and this is this is your place it's like you know you're going to protect the neighborhood right especially when some guys who are up to no good come around are we doing this again? Yes, we are. Are we doing? Do I need to go back to that episode and cut that? <laughs> do we need to embarrass your father yet again? Yes, Is indeed. That what we need to do. Um, no, I think you're. I think you're absolutely right, and I think you brought up a really interesting character in the Guardian. You know, there are these characters like the Guardian sprinkled out throughout comic books. And what makes what what makes them interesting? You know, the Guardian was always a little confusing for me. I never quite understood the character. Did he work for the newspaper? Because he ran around with that newsboy army an awful lot. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> but it's also, you know, I think it's pretty easy to look at your street level superheroes as the, you know, the not whole league, the triple A ball for the Avengers. Mm-hmm. But I, I, or the Justice League, I should say that too. I let's not let's not lock yeah. it in. But I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I also think that for some reason Marvel locked onto this thing. I don't know whether DC just feels like they don't need them anymore as many because they got Batman and he just makes his own. He's like a rabbit. Nobody mm. knows how he spawns more little Batman, but he does. <laughs> um, but Marvel just really ran with the idea of the street-level character. Yeah. 
because you got you know we should talk at some point about characters that spawn more street level characters <laughs> because Batman and Spider Man are responsible for more street level crime fighting. Oh yes, absolutely, and and it seems like there's just never going to be a shortage, uh, and both have the distinction of turning a former enemy. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Um, quite a few if you're Spider Man. Yes. Spider-Man just kind of ran a halfway house for his own guys to try to kill him at some <laughs> point. Right. You know, everybody from, sorry guys about your movie, everybody from Molten Man, who I think at one point was dating MJ. Oh my I, I need to dig out that comic book. He just hung out at Spider-Man's apartment a lot. I don't know why. Um, to uh, I, I, pretty much everybody. Um, I, I can't name anybody. Prowler is a yeah. big one. Um, Black Cat, of course. Morbius, the living vampire. Mobius. Morbius? Morbius. Mor- Morbius. Mobius was the painter, right? Now, Mobius just never got anywhere. Oh, damn it. I, well, I set you up for that one. It did. <laughs> are there... Uh, are there... Here's a question for you that I, I suppose I should ask, because I don't really... I haven't put any thought into this, so okay. I'm asking. If you look at character... So... In the Marvel Universe, if you look at kind of the character breakdown, if you look at the 23andMe of the Marvel <laughs> Universe, right, you've got your big gun Avengers, Captain Marvel, Thor, um, you know, even Captain America, those that, that kind of echelon. Yes. Then you've got your street-level characters. But then you've got another group over here on the side that, that are too busy, you know, <laughs> saying we're not criminals – which is all street level characters ever do anyway. It's like, yeah. hey, not a criminal over here. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I'm a vigilante, but really, um, X Men. Yes, are that's, there? That's a good one because I think apart from the X Men, a great many of them have been street level heroes. Okay. Angel, Iceman, but. Generally, they get together with the X-Men, then it's some kind of world-shattering event is yeah. going on. Yeah, because I was thinking of characters like Gambit. Obviously, a street-level... There you go. Some level of street-level something. I'm, I was kicking it very old-school there. You but. were kicking it very old-school. Um, you know, obviously, a street-level something. Um, Storm, literally a street-level hero until she was brought up from... <laughs> That's true. She was on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, it may or may not have been a hero. Hey, listen, like like D-Man. Thank you. I was going to say D-Man. D-Man is a true street level hero. Make no mistake. He truly is. He is a 100% street level hero. Um, All right, cool. I think I think that we're on to something here. So what what else we got? Well, this we really needed to define the nature of the street level hero so that we could move forward and talk about some specific, you know, kind of compartmentalize the concept and give us, you know, a a picture of where we're heading. Right. Once we get going and, you know, next up we're going to talk about probably the most common trope in the realm of the street level hero. And that is of course, your Batmans, your Moon Knights. Yeah. Uh, more often than not, your Green Arrows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, there's a whole fraternity there of the street-level hero who operates after dark. They're like the uh, the graveyard shifters. And uh, so we'll be, uh, next week, we'll be exploring that with uh, an issue in the arc titled, We Are the Night. What's, so let's run down the run down the issues of this story arc, just so that we can get a get our our heads around what we're going to be talking about. Of course, you do that when I don't have the list in front of me. <laughs> if I do an arc of five, I can always name four out of five, and it's insanity. Give us give us but the, the four next you one. Can name. I know that uh, one of them is uh, two fisted. Right. But we talk about the heroes that pretty much are more just they're out on the street, but they're more just they're they're mitts. Um, and I actually, I think I managed to remember them all. Then we have, um, Seduction of the Gun. 
Right. Where we talk about the street level heroes who are packing heat. Literal, literally vigilante. Um, the character vigilante. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll probably. T- <laughs> when are we going to talk about human targets? <laughs> we could probably yes. talk about human target in uh, the final chapter of this arc, which is brawling for dollars. There you go. Good, good transition, pal. <laughs> That worked out perfect. No matter how bad I want to punch you in the dick for last episode (laughs) convincing me that there were human target action figures. (laughs) Still never not going to be mad about that. that Never not going to be mad about that. Just because you can hear the joy in my voice before you took it from me. But that's all right. But yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, the four hire or the uh, pretty much the, the business vigilante. So your heroes for hire, your um, your your paladin falls into that category. Um, yeah, I, okay. Very squarely so, yes. And so, you know, I think that it was important to establish the outset. You can have superpowers and still be a street level hero. You don't necessarily have to be, you know, your Electras or your can't let them go Shang Chi's. You can be. Like your gambits, your Spider Mans, and then of course the seduction of the gun was an important one to look at for vigilante, for Punisher, for Paladin, for example. Well, we're gonna we're we're gonna have to have a conversation at that point, and and we have already have a a um, a slated issue coming up very very shortly about the. Um, iconography and the uh, paradigm of some of these characters and the way it's been usurped and turned into um, appropriated into society and I think that that's an important stepping off point for that because oh absolutely because there is uh, I, I love this dynamic that uh, Andrew brought to my attention so we, we need to talk about this and that is the sense that you have there are there's iconography that has become adopted by popular culture and removed from its origins yes completely it's come to represent something that is not and i would wager that you could hit about a 50-50 ratio of if you presented you know illustrated these various um, icons you might I feel like you would wind up seeing about a 50-50 ratio of those who recognize the comic origin and those who simply know only that this is what it's come to represent right. without even realizing there was ever – it was based on – it started out its life as a comic book, not a – But at this point, when I say Punisher, it brings to mind something that the Punisher wasn't. You know, when 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 it was first when it was first conceived and put on paper, the sto- the what you consider in the zeitgeist, because again we we see it associated with big with big coal burning trucks and you know <laughs> the the you know the the you know coal's from Texas and I'm from Ohio, so I'm pretty safe in saying the the you know. Uh, to pry my guns from my cold dead hands. Oh yeah, the, the guys running around in the uh, the big truck with the wishing I was fishing bumper sticker. Right, right. It's gonna have a Punisher sticker on there. It's gonna be badged, yeah. and and that's not guys. You don't you don't understand you, the what the way Punisher was defined, and and the way that the creator wants the Punisher to be seen and has since the the. the inception of that so we're going to talk about that in depth there's one thing um but it's also, coming up in about a, about two months if i recall but also you know there's characters in there and i don't want to jump the gun on that 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 issue but you know superman and captain america and you know all of these deadpool harley quinn like yellow kid Damn it! Why do you keep with the yellow kid? It's always with the yellow kid with you. This isn't this isn't comedians and cars getting coffee. This is a which is a fantastic show, by the way. If you like comedy, it's at the all. yellow kid. It's 
Why is it? Why is the why, why is, is it around in the Bowery in a nightshirt? Why is it? Um, does he not have parents? There is one thing I want to say, and I don't know whether we'll bring this this license, this character, this comic book up any further in the next four issues. But there's one I wanted to bring up, and that is I think it's the culmination of everything that we've talked about tonight. Um, and it's the everything it's the culmination of everything we're going to talk about over the next four issues, and that is in two thousand eight. Um, there was a comic that was released and it was Mark Millar and John Ramada Jr. Um, and stop me if you've heard this one. It was by Image. And it was a little uh, comic called Kick-Ass. Oh, wow, yes. Kick-Ass is the culmination of this hero worship as a an idea put into action. To the, to the, to the last possible degree, to the nth degree. Do you remember Nth Man? I have some vague memory of Inth Man. We should look up Inth Man. We should figure out where he can fit into something, because I want to yes. talk about Inth Man. Well, I also want to mention that when we get to Seduction of the Gun, this is a, a, probably the most appropriate place to bring this character in. Uh, just hit me, and I want to make sure that it's in both of our minds. you got to give some love to Ravage 2099. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think, uh, I think we'll be talking about Ravage 2099. I think we might end up talking about Judge Dredd. Do you realize that we're only 80 years away from that? We're closer to Ravage 2099 than we were to Spider-Man. <laughs> That's right. Did you ever think about that? We're closer to we're closer to Doom, not 2099, than we are to Doom. We're, we're closer to X-Men 2099 than we are to... X-Men. The X-Men, yeah. Wow, That's mind blown there, I had to realize what kind of a rabbit hole I jumped into. I want to make one of those memes. We're clo- we're we're closer to this than we were. To this. Oh, you've got to do that for that episode, you know. Or when we uh, actually, we do have an episode coming up somewhere between now and 2023. At the rate I keep adding to the uh, the queue, the title tonight I'm going to party like it's 2099. See, we got to talk we, about it. We have to talk about and that And Eddie's going to join us on that show That's because right. Eddie loves to, uh, Ravage 2099. <laughs> right. He is so out proud. of his mind. He's out of his mind. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Kick-Ass, as the culmination of that uh, imagined hero worship, what if somebody decided to do it? Exactly. What if just some average kid? And, and not like those jerks who go around and try, try to pretend to be heroes. and Right. No, what if some average kid ordered a scuba suit on Amazon and got a couple Nightwing batons and went out <laughs> on the street looking for crime to fight? What exactly. would happen? And it's not what you would want. That's that's what you end up with. <laughs> now, in the words of Nicolas Cage, ass kicked. <laughs> those are awful great movies. Awful and great, <laughs> and awful and great. Um, yeah, I think that that's pretty much it for this issue, Cole. I think we've set up nicely the next four we're going to do. I'm excited. You know, I'm, I'm really thrilled about this because this is an arc that has been bumped at least twice. Right. And so as it came closer in the queue, I'm like, okay, you are never going to be bumped again. We've got to talk about this. Uh, it has been too long. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, why don't you plug us up, and we will uh, get out of here, and we will what, – what is the next one? You gave us the rundown. The next one is Two-Fisted Justice, right? I'm not crazy. No, the, no yeah, the next one is – Oh, are we are the, the night. We are the night. Right. Good. Great. I'm into it. Let's do it. All right. And, of course, uh, this is Hey Kids Comics coming to you from the Jedi Cole universe at JediCole.com. You can uh, drop us a line at jcumail at yahoo.com. And if you just, by whatever reason, can't get enough of me, uh, be sure <laughs> to check out the first and third Sundays of every month for the uh, Rancor Pit Live with myself and Eddie Medina, friend of, the, of this very show, uh, where we talk about the Star Wars in all kinds of different angles 
And uh, that is the first and third Sundays of every month on DallasOnAir.com, live streaming from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Central, uh, preceded generally on the first Sunday of every month by Figments with Eddie and his wife Colleen talking about all manner of cryptids and UFOs and conspiracies and weird crap going on in the world. And uh, on the third Sunday, it's preceded from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Central by my other show, Isle of Toys, because I'm 53 years old and I love toys. So uh, be sure and check us out over there at DallasOnAir.com. However, if you tune in on the third Sunday of August, Eddie and I switch places, so you'll be watching Figments before the Rancor Pit Live. Yeah. And, of course, you can find us at HK Comics Show on the Facebooks and the Internets and the Twitters. Um yeah, so join us next week when uh, when we go dark. We're going to go very dark. We're going to go, going to go dark, dark in the night. In the night. Dark, You're going to get dark nights. We're going to get fourth meal. Oh, we haven't had fourth meal in a long time. It's been a while since we had fourth meal. You know what strikes me as weird? Pretty much the only iteration of, of Batman that didn't work at night was the Adam West Batman. That's true. He, he pretty much stayed on an average... Um, Nine to five yeah. schedule, which is very unusual for a billionaire playboy to do anything on the. Well, that's how he threw him off. That's how. They yeah, that's true. Him. Yeah, because yeah. he kept having night parties and keeping Aunt Harriet awake. <laughs> night parties. Night parties. Yeah. That so was like my parties. favorite Dan Aykroyd movie. <laughs> I love night parties. Shelley Long was in that. Shelley Long was absolutely in night parties. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Say good night, Cole. Good night, everybody. Good night.